Hello and welcome back to The Crow and the Raven, a weekly podcast featuring two friends discussing various topics. Our previous episodes, uh, our previous episodes are available on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, Podvine, and Spotify. We will be recording a new episode live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, with the episode going up on all the podcatchers Wednesday morning, uh, 2 a.m. Tentatively, we do have audience appreciation set up through Stripe on Anchor.fm if you'd like to support the podcast. Questions can be posted on our Spotify page for the podcast, as well as on our Discord server. We'll do our very best to answer those questions towards the end of each podcast, so make sure to post those questions. So for our new audience members, I'm your resident crow, Isaiah. And I'm your raven, Charles. And today, Charles, we will be covering monsters, vampires, werewolves, your monster of choice. Uh, so what would you say is your favorite one? Um, I would have to say for like the classic monster. I'd have to go werewolf. I really would. I, I really enjoy the idea of the classic uh, werewolf trope, you know, like the. Um, it, it's kind of got that built in um, structure that we see in a lot of like folk tales of just as an example, um, Dr. Jekyll of Mr. Hyde, right? or the incredible Hulk. You have your composed uh, individual, like at everyday person or, you know, even possibly in a more intelligent person, but you have like your, your average, you know, typical humanoid, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Day to day, mild mannered, what have you. Uh, And then the rage of uh, the animalistic side comes out or the rage of narcissism or the um, massive emotions the next moment, right? That duality of man kind of thing is is really built into uh, the werewolf mythos. And there are so many interesting um, archetypes in, in that realm. And there's also that whole there are so many little variations of it, but we have stories of wolfmen, werewolves, uh, even going back to some of the Norse tales of like the berserker, right? Uh, they would, this, the, there's an ancient story in there of, and, and I apologize if I butcher this a little bit, uh, but it essentially breaks down to the, uh warrior and his son slay a wolf uh, a pair of wolves they skin them and they put those wolf skins over themselves to try to draw in the essence of the wolf right to be more ferocious in battle they end up being uh empowered so to speak uh in combat so they praise the wolf spirit and as they continue to wear these pelts in this fashion, they become more and more animalistic and eventually uh, gain the ability to transform into wolves. But during those runs, they end up uh, 
uh, I think the son ends up, it's kind of like the Icarus story. The son ends up uh, not being, not having the wisdom of life, you know, lessons uh, built into him to the point of like having that, you know, worldly wisdom to resist the call and it has a hard time uh, shedding loose the animal skin and becoming human again. You know, he, he wants to stay animalistic, which is probably a euphemism for the duality of man in and of itself again. But um, there's just so many variations and ways to tell the story and each one can feel so unique. But at the end of the day, how fucking badass is it to be able, even in the, in the, the idea of you can just turn into a, a, a full on wolf or a full on man. How awesome is it to just turn into a wolf and go running through the woods? I, that in and of itself, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. But that's a whole different sort of situation than modern day werewolf then. Oh, for sure. No, so the Norse werewolf is very different from what we know as, because the werewolves now, um, and for the longest time, uh, classic werewolf, even, uh, you know, universal studios, werewolves and stuff like that. Right. Right. They were always, uh, they were forced into the transformation due to the moon, you know, full moon, transform and uh, that full moon goes away. They transform back into human and it's usually driven by hunger whenever mm-hmm. they are werewolves. So there's a big difference between a more uh, ancient werewolf as opposed to the now classic classical classically known werewolf then. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we even have um, some scholars believing that the, the original debut, right of werewolves altogether uh, come from the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is a a tale that we've spoken on on this podcast before. Uh, But there's a portion of the, the story where Gilgamesh jilted a a potential lover because she had turned a previous mate into a wolf. And that's a, a, a different type of werewolf as well than what you're talking about with modern day. Uh, But there are all these different variations of how, werewolves transform and why they transform and what it's tied to. But you're absolutely right. The current rendition of it uh, focuses heavily on the idea of lycanthropy. Yeah. uh, Which typically uh, is demonstrated as being a uh, pseudo biological uh, condition or curse that forces them uh, to transform into into wolves, right? Right. Which uh, typically can be spread by the bite of a werewolf. Uh, a lot of the origin stories kind of start that way. Um, there's even um, in real life, uh, the term lycanthropy is a mental condition. Uh, wherein the patient believes that he or she is a wolf or some other form of non-human animal uh, with all different types of variations to the transformation, whether it be like what we would uh, nerds of werewolfdom would call a uh, hybrid form or a war form, which is the stereotypical half man, half wolf bestial uh, form running on two legs with a big jaw and big wide a big wide jaw and big old long claws, right? Um, to the more Nordic of 
no, you just literally can change into a wolf and go run around. Um, all those different variations. Uh, there was a decent movie. I think we talked about it in the briefly in the movies one. Um, the offline discussion, I should say we had about movies. Uh, there's the, it's called the werewolf hunter. Uh, it speaks a lot about, I want to say the name was Manuel Roma Santa. He had this mental disorder like cancer supposedly. Uh, one could argue he was just a serial killer, uh, but he would kill people in one village, make soap out of their fat, roll onto the next village and sell the soap to the the next village and, and then kill somebody there and kind of kept doing that or and occasionally would skip a village to try to try and, you know, not get caught. Uh, he was caught thrown into prison, uh, said, Hey, I'm a werewolf. I have lycanthropy. Uh, and they were like, you know, bullshit, whatever. Um, but interestingly enough, the queen took notice of his case and pushed for him to be put into a non-traditional uh, jail environment to be studied for this mental condition because she actually believed he was a werewolf uh, and he died of unknown causes in that facility, which is also kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different variations. I would say my personal favorite of that is uh, the more traditional mainstream version of it we have today uh wherein it is a pseudo biological uh curse where it's kind of like threads that line between being a curse and being a biological disease um where the werewolf is capable my ideal uh is the capable of human form uh the hybrid war form we were talking about and a full-on just normal wolf and the stories I like are the ones where they can't control the change to the war form. And it usually happens during the full moon, like you had said. Um, but they can, with training, control the transformation to full wolf form. And, you know, it, it's just an interesting kind of dichotomy where they have to figure out a way to live as a normal human being that has this secret and, all of that cool stuff that comes with it with like the dual persona, like you get with superheroes and such. Um, but also they tend to be like the, the good, quote unquote good guys to the quote unquote bad guys of vampirism. So I don't, I don't understand the though. Like they can train to become full werewolf, but they can't train to become halfway. No, they can train to become a, a wolf or a human but the curse is to be both at once with uncontrollable rage. So like they go on when they transform into the war form, they just, they're in like a berserker state. So mm-hmm. they, they can't control what they do. And that's when, you know, they run through the villages and maul people, eat them alive and create additional werewolves inadvertently, but they can train themselves to be, to transform into the full wolf and have control over the normal wolf form. But it's, it's basically just a normal wolf that doesn't have any supernatural abilities at all. Okay. So taking in your favorite type of werewolf, do they, uh, 
And they do, as you said, they do that whole uh, accidentally changing others into werewolves, right? Right. Because they end up going to that rage. They don't know what they're doing and they change people into werewolves, right? Right. So when that happens, what do they do? Do they accept them into a pack? Do they... So, so like, there's a couple ways that that's done. And it's a good, it's a great question. Um, the TV show being human, at least the U S version, uh, cause I didn't get to watch the UK version. I couldn't get into that show. Uh, there's parts of it. I like. there's parts of it. I didn't like, and it, it's definitely not for everyone. I would, I would say, cause I could see where people wouldn't, you know, be, be hip to it or be into it. Um, for me, there are parts of it. Like I said, that I liked. And one of the parts that I liked was like, the main character that's a werewolf, like he gets wasn't a, he a health worker? Yeah, he yeah. he worked in um, he was an orderly at the hospital, and I for I want to say he was like um, he's engaged. He's got all this stuff going on with family and whatnot, and he went. He was supposed to go camping with his brother or, or something to that extent, and there was a werewolf in the woods that attacks him, and there's blood everywhere. So he kind of runs off and most of you know a lot of people think he's dead other people that he's very close to he's like no i got really sick and you know he's in the hospital because he he feels sick you know and he's trying to figure out what's going on um and then he's approached by the man that the werewolf i should say that bit him and he's like hey man like my bad uh it's completely uncontrollable when we go into this uh, didn't want this to happen to you, but here are your choices. You can go solo and uh, like I am and, and kind of be a recluse. Um, and I can kind of show you ways to not eat people inadvertently. Um, or you can join a pack and there is in later seasons where this, like he kind of did try and he didn't like it because they went with the mentality, even on the vampire side with that show. Um, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time where, uh, when werewolves get into a pack, they kind of feed off of each other when they turn and creates a bigger problem. And with werewolves or with vampires, the more vampires you get into a coven, the more, um, what's the word I'm looking for that? Like they, feed off of each other's darkness, so to speak. And they all just become very, they, they become like worse for humanity as the bigger the coven is like they get darker. Um, and they start taking in blood just because they can, you know, instead you of that from? a requirement. It, it's in a few different, um, bits of lore, but it's in the show. They show like, uh, the main vampire guy from being human. I forget so the years. So you're running that off of being human. Right. I'm saying that that's, this is how being human handles it. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, You have a choice to be in a pack or solo, but if you're in a pack, there's a chance that, you know, you feed off of each other's awareness, I guess, and can potentially become a bigger threat to humanity inadvertently. Um, And, you know, there's good wolves and bad wolves, like everything else. And the same thing with vampires that, you know, they kind of feed off of each other's darkness and a coven can end up being a very bad thing for the human population nearby, which kind of makes sense. Uh, in another, in other aspects with werewolves I've seen, um, when they're accidentally bitten and 
get away because ordinarily the werewolf finishes the job. Um, if they bite a human or even in some cases just scratch a human, that human gets the uh, curse of lycanthropy, the biological illness, right? Uh, depending on the the lore of that that particular story, the werewolf then now has their scent and begins tracking them down. There's also up in some veins like uh, Underworld, for example, the bite also transitions their memories, uh, just like vampires' blood does. When you get turned by a vampire and you drink their blood, you have their memories, and you can give somebody else your memories by feeding them your blood, even if you are both vampires, right? Is this um, still uh No, that's that part's from uh Underworld. Okay. Remember she cuts herself and gives it to the elder and he gets all of her memories about what happened. Uh Yeah, I wasn't I I'm here and there on the vampires on uh, Underworld. Yeah. Uh but it, it's a common trope too like the the blood it contains knowledge which goes back to ancient times uh, with various beliefs and has somewhat been proven true because we found out that you can actually store data in blood and get it out of the blood. Which Absolutely. Is crazy. Yeah. Um, so there is something to that. And we know that uh, descendants of certain populations have fears that they shouldn't have because they've never in- interacted with those things, <laughs> but they seem to be getting it from their ancestors somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something to that, right? Uh, but in those other werewolf stories, right? Uh, the werewolf will track them down and be like, Hey, you're part of the, 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 uh, group. Now you're part of the, the pack. Uh, and a lot of those stories, like, I think they did it in the, like the teenage werewolf vampire shows, uh, where it's like, Oh, I'm the alpha and everybody, I think they did in twilight too. Uh, I'm the alpha and all the werewolves have to answer to me. Uh, there's also uh, some well, that's, that that's just typically how wolves themselves work. So, well, actually, wolf. wolves don't have alphas. It's a it's a misnomer. Uh, it's not a thing at all outside of wolves in captivity. Wolves in the wild don't do the whole alpha thing. Um, that, that's not a, what Balto says. Okay. <laughs> um, trying to get the. The male and female leaders that's in conservation, da, 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 which is in captivity. Uh, da, 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 da. You may have heard that a wolf pack is led by an alpha pair, uh, alpha male, alpha female. Uh, calling wolves alpha and beta animals comes from research on wolves in captivity, um, where the leader is called the alpha, but most wolf packs consist of two parents and their puppies. The group may also include one to three-year-old offspring that have not had it out on their own yet. So the adults are simply in charge because they are the parents of the rest of the pack members. We don't talk about the alpha male and the alpha female and the beta child in a human family. But in captivity, they will kind of, uh, the the males will kind of, the dominant one will kind of bow the other ones down and be like, no, I'm in charge. But that's only in captivity. That doesn't happen in the wild. The leader of the pack. Exactly. Um, so there's that whole thing. Uh, there's also in like the Twilight version of Werewolves, it is a... Hold on. Wait. Don't even talk about that movie, okay? 
I know, but it's a it has it contains a trope that I've seen elsewhere as well, wherein the werewolf quote unquote curse isn't a curse or a biological ailment or anything like that. It is a hereditary condition passed on by native tribes, and uh, in some instances has been demonstrated has been uh kind of shown as like oh this was their weapon against uh invading forces that had superior technology yeah you know what we called those people that did that in native tribes colonizing assholes in native tribes oh i'm sorry i thought you meant the the invader part what like no. you guys called invaders we, we we call those uh <clears throat> skinwalkers we don't yeah. call them werewolves <laughs> You so there's there's a lot of different like mm-hmm. uh, ways well, to go we, about it. We so could talk about. Hard. Let's say we could talk about any monster. They're going to have different versions of them. Um, yeah, every and, single one of them. And for me, I, I like I said, I, I like it to be kind of that fine line between it being a curse and a biological because it's kind of like the unknown and like I kind of like that that mystery to it. <laughs> But uh, I I just think it would be badass to to be a uh, a normal person and be like you know what I want to go for a run and just turn into a fucking wolf and go running through the woods. So do you prefer classical monsters over say like more modern day monsters that we have now? Like you you see that we've built like a whole new like stage of monsters. We have like not on top of the cryptids that we have out there. You know we got Mothman and the Jersey Devil and stuff like that, which we talked about before. But we have the whole modern list of younger people that have made mm. the whole thing called the SCP archives, where they yeah. they have all these not just creatures but objects of like mysterious origin, or some sort of like other otherly dimensional sort of thing where or person or creature mm-hmm. that is so mysterious that we have it sitting somewhere under study, and SCP is all fictional, obviously, but right, right having these creatures under like glass and having them being studied, but they have different levels too. There's three of three different levels for for these creatures where they're like peaceful or they're deadly or they're unknown. Basically. I think, I think I I might have to ask my son. (laughs) Um, but like, what do you, what do you think? What do you feel about like the modern day sort of monster that they're, they've created? Like even Slenderman is one of those modern day ones. So for me, um, I haven't gotten much into SCP. My son likes it and we play the SCP games on Roblox together. Yeah. I've experienced that with my son. Too. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, there's a, a free to play steam game that I saw. It's supposed to be really good. I got to look it up again and download it, try it out. But it, it, it puts you through all of those uh, SCP stuff, and it's supposed to be really good. So I want to try that out to get a better understanding of SCP. But I'm not against it by any means. I just don't know enough about it. Uh, but I'm all for uh, trying to come up with new monsters because we're running into this thing, especially in my opinion, in Hollywood, where there seems to be almost a reluctance to try anything new and they just want to rehash all the stories we've already had. Um, whether it's a reboot or a sequel 30 years after the first film was made 
or a reimagining, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or prequel. So, they like to do prequels a lot. Too. I, I think we've, I think we've discussed it to like some degree here. Um, but like that, that's, that was my issue with like horror movies. I grew up with mm-hmm. horror movies. Um, you know, I watched, I watched Jason. I watched Mike. I watched, you know, Freddie, uh, I pinhead, the Wishmaster. I watched all these movies when I was a kid. Um, Freddie being the, biggest like horror movie that i watched uh and these are just horror icons they're not necessarily monsters though they sure. would probably typically be listed as monsters just because they keep coming back and keep killing um but <clears throat> oh where was i going with that what were we talking about <laughs> new age uh monsters oh oh you were talking about how uh things and getting rehashed it, in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back then, the slasher movies like that were all new. So we have something new come out like every every time. There was, I think, we started with uh, which I don't, I don't know which one we actually started with. But then we had you know Freddy, we had Jason, we had we had all of them coming out. And then right. you know then the nineties we had them more generically made where it was Wishmaster and it was. Uh, um, and they kept making the sequels of all the, the regular slasher films, but then we had, uh, yeah, I feel like the nineties, it was like the eighties, late seventies, early eighties was like original horror ideas were coming out. Yeah. And then the nineties the, the no, were like, let's just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. But I mean, that's the thing though. We, we say it, you, you say it like that, but during the nineties, nobody was afraid to put any of that out. Everybody was like excited. They were wanting to try it out. They're like, we can make something scary too. Right. And that's what I'm getting at is like they, there was a whole era there in the 90s where people were actually enjoying being able to put that stuff out. Now there's so much content out there horror wise that people are trying to like come up with stuff and it's coming off as either funny or satire or uh, stupid. And that's those movies that we talked about before where it's like they're they're hilariously bad. Basically. Yeah. Um. But like when it comes to like the SCP, that's that's almost like original to a degree. But then SCP takes into like X Files and uh, Outer Limits that that kind of content. So it's it's taking new ideas and making it or creating new ideas off of older type of content, which doesn't make it completely original, but makes an original idea original again. And that I'm completely cool with. Like I said, I don't have an issue from what I know about SCP. I have no issues with SCP. What I'm more getting to is um, like, uh, I just blinked on the name. Uh, Pinhead. What's it? What's the actual name? Fucking um, Hellraiser. Thank you. They just came out with a new Hellraiser. And before anybody comes for me, I I don't care that it's... uh, the uh, Hellraiser Cenobite is being portrayed by a, a trans woman because it makes sense according to the original book it and script. Absolutely does because it's supposed to be an androgynous figure. It wasn't male or female. Yeah, and they don't care about male or female because they don't use those organs even if they have them. They instill pleasure and pain at the same time through torture and other means. Correct. Um, I don't have an issue with that at all. And I haven't seen the film yet because I'm trying to go back and watch the original Hellraisers before I watch that one. Yeah. Um, I made it through the first one, but it takes me like five hours to watch a two hour movie in this house. 
So, so, so just watch the first and second one. Don't worry about any of the, any of the rest. Okay. That's a serious note. Just finish the first one and the second one. All the rest of them after that, they just become slasher films. They don't okay. really cover any of like Barker's original stuff that he had. Well, yeah, because he, he only was involved with the first one, right? Yes. He, he, yeah. Okay. So, well, and the newest one. But the issue I have right. is where I was kind of saying like they're just rehashing all the old shit is we get Hellraiser which I'm not sure if it's a remake or a reimagining or like retelling the first story or not because I haven't seen it yet um, and I don't want spoilers so I haven't been looking into it. Well the the newest Hellraiser I think is them actually trying to make it more based off of the actual original writing. Okay. But my point being we have Hellraiser, which has already been done. Granted, it may now have been done well. He wants to redo it. That's all gravy, whatever. But it's not an original, never been done thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have all these Halloween or Halloween movies are back again, and they're make they've made this newer trilogy with an older um, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Michael Myers is just a spirit of pure evil and blah, blah, blah. We have, um, uh, what was it? Uh, it was still Halloween. Rob zombie redid Halloween not too long ago. Um, I like his additions of it. I felt like he gave a little bit more backstory to, to Michael than we got in the originals, but the originals weren't really caring about a backstory. They were just like make a slasher. Um, so the first, it, ha- the considered considering Halloween, let me interrupt you for a second. The, the Halloween series is a kind of a complicated series and it's kind of like the Terminator movies. Um, so the first Halloween movie was probably the best Halloween movie. The second one was, was a good one, but there's again, there's a string of like sequels that just didn't matter. Um, Rob zombie was just a reimagining of Halloween, right? That That's all it was. Um, but the newer the newer Halloween movies with Laurie Strode in it, Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role is a continuation off of like the first or second Halloween movie. So that's just picking up. It's dropping all those other like multiple, multiple sequels and it's picking up from Laurie Strode's story and continuing that. And that's why they're doing that. It's not a rehash or anything. They're just actually closing up like loose ends it's with just, the original story. It's just to me, it's like, I'm just, I've seen the same faces in horror and in other things over and over and over. It's like, I just, I want new stuff. Like, um, what was it? Uh, Fuck, man, I can't think of words today. Um, Malevolent or something like that. Um, But basically, like, it's it's a horror movie that came out fairly recently. The... A woman had a her twin growing on the back of her head, so they excised it when she was younger, but they didn't get all of it. And he fucking finds a way to like take control of her body at times. And the way they shot the movie was they had like the actress, well, probably stump double, walking backwards through like fucking three quarters of the movie. Like that's a great, more like original idea. We haven't seen a lot of that kind of work. Since like fire, uh, Twin Peaks fire walk with me when they did the reverse uh, imagery, right? Uh, but we have the Halloween movies coming back. 
uh scream is getting uh has a fucking remake this year um texas chainsaw massacre had another one well the um, scream movie also again is not a remake it's just a continuation from the story of the main characters i'm just saying again like we're getting the same characters and films like the characters settings themes from the 70s again and again and again well see we, but you know what i mean I, like it's no just, no because i have to argue with you about that because when it comes <laughs> when it comes to these newer movies they are closing up stories that we wanted to close it up back when the original story began but not all of them are that way like firestarter is just a straight up remake that's a remake yeah but the, as far as like the scream movie goes it's closing up the sydney's uh, story uh the halloween movies it's closing up laurie strode's story um like the newest Terminator movie, like I brought up, I know it's not monsters or anything, but the newest right. Terminator movie with uh, Linda Hamilton that reprised her role, that was closing up a story. They, <laughs> when they're remaking these newest movies like that, it's actually closing up stories that we wanted to close up back then before they made these garbagey like sequels. The, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film from February that went straight to Netflix was just a reboot. Yeah, I know. I actually watched that just today. It was actually a that was actually a pretty decent gory movie. Yeah, and I'm not saying there's not production value. I'm not saying that it's it's not no, something no, no. that I'll watch. No, actually you know that wasn't mean? that wasn't actually a reboot. I because it it brought back uh, one of the main characters from one of the first movies where she was the only survivor from that first movie. And uh, it uh, closed her story up. I have a quote from Screen Rant. The umpteenth reboot of the classic horror franchise headed straight to Netflix. The reboot is going more in vain with the 2018 Halloween style. Uh, sees a new group of people run afoul of Leatherface in his hometown. Features a return of Sally Hardesty, but is ultimately just a reboot. Yeah, I mean, well... It's the I mean, same. I guess it depends it, on what it, your it, definition of reboot is. It's it a reboot is just going to try and sit there and restart a series is what I'd say because when you reboot your system, you reboot it, you restart it. Yeah, it's like uh, the so, when they did re- rebooted fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. I like the Robert Englund more campy version, but the new one's not bad. I no, that's no, terrible. It's I terrible. have I have no hate for the the actors involved or anything like that. It's just. For me, like I don't want to see fucking Ghostface eight eighteen point five. I want to see fucking you know something something new, something different. Like um, fucking Devil's Rejects. You know, like at least Rob Zombie's pulling from a, a his own well. He's not just well let's let's tie up a movie from 45 years ago you know what i mean it's just devil's rejects devil's rejects i don't know why people give it so much like hype about it though um yeah it's a good movie but it's just another slasher i'm gonna go terrorize innocent people movies so it's just another rehash of the same type of genre genre yes but it's not the the same exact killer doing the same exact thing he's done 15 times before this one this is why I've gone to foreign films because all American films are the exact same thing. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just, and I'm not trying to be like confrontational or whatever. It's just, I, shut up. You are too. No, I just, I want, <laughs> I like, 
I, I want to, you know, try something like just try something new, man. So like, go foreign, man. I might have to, dude. That, seriously, that's why I, just, I went. Like Japanese, Chinese, Mandarin, Cantonese, um, Hindu, Indian. Let's see. There's some African films that, that <laughs> they are phenomenally better than American horror movies. Like the the movie It, they claim it isn't technically a remake of the miniseries, but I mean, let's let's face it, it it's what? a remake. Who who said it wasn't technically a remake of the miniseries? Because it, it is the an rap. absolute. It is the, an absolute yeah. remake. And it's just like, did Skarsgård do a good job? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. But did it give us anything new, really? For, yeah. for Pennywise, yeah, I don't think it, it did. did. It did. I, I don't feel that it did. But. It gave us more background on the kids themselves. Um, it gave us more mm. of an idea as to why he's terrorizing the kids, that, the, as the, opposed as opposed to the original miniseries that we watched with the, the, uh what's it his was name a sh- it's like Pennywise. a shot it's a shot for shot for fucking the old one for the most part it just they took away a lot of tim curry's campiness mm, there there are parts that are shots for shot there are parts of it that actually delve into pennywise's more deeper history as to where he came from and everything um and how long he's been on earth and everything like that Whereas the original miniseries didn't do that. It was a straight-to-TV miniseries. They weren't going to be able to do all of that. I promise. I watched the miniseries multiple times. And no, I watched I have the series well, yeah. multiple times, too. I um, have as well, yeah. I, I just Excellent. I, but it is an absolute remake of the, the original series. I would not say that it's not. Yeah. I just... there's There are so many... Um, different ways to do films and i just feel like and this is just my personal opinion man i just i feel like we've we've kind of hit this plateau of it's like well we don't have to reinvent the wheel we don't have to do anything new new we can take an old story and slap a new polish on it and close a couple holes here and there and that's it. Ninety five percent of the film's already written. Like, uh, again, this is why I went foreign because yeah. I've seen exactly what you're saying. Um, it can you can say it's your personal opinion, but I've already said this multiple times. Going foreign was like the best thing that's I, that I've ever yeah. done because they they do so many more psychological and thriller variations where yeah, and, you're and not watching the my, same thing over and over. Some of my favorite films are just the ones that like fuck with your head mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, those are yeah. the best horror because that's what you want doing yeah, is like fucking with yeah, your head no jump scares uh no music that keys off the jump scare just all psychological absolutely you know and i love it like i, I don't understand why we don't do it more but because americans want violence and, you know, violence in a horror movie is all well and good. I mean, obviously, you kind of need a little bit, depending on no. what you're talking about. Depending not, on what you're talking not about. E- not even. Not even. I've watched some more movies without violence at all, and the horror is phenomenal in it. I agree. I'm just saying I, I'm not against a little bit of violence in my horror movies, but it, it shouldn't <laughs> It shouldn't get to the point where it's, it's like, like I can watch uh, horror films, well, pretty much 
any American film these days uh, with Shane. And I'll be like, oh, this is what's going to happen. And he's like, how do you know? Have you seen it? Nope. And sure enough, that's what happens. You, you can just, I've even been able to predict the lines that the fucking actors are going to, or the characters are going to be uh, saying five, like a few minutes before they say it or mm-hmm. right before they say it. It's, yeah. it's so predictable. And I think that's more of what annoys me than anything is just the predictability of all American movies right now. So let me ask you, why haven't you gone to foreign horror yet? I, I've actually talked to our friend Pivman about that too. Why he didn't go to foreign yet? Because he's, he hasn't gone to any foreign films yet because he's getting tired of uh, American horror well, too. It, it's, it's a little tough at times because I generally watch horror films with Shane and if it requires subtitles, he he's not going to be there with me. Dubbing. Um, so Net- I Netflix have to, has foreign films with dubbing too. And we have been watching some of those. Um, but then I sometimes have an issue where the audio track is so out of sync with the visual track mm-hmm. that I, I can't follow it cause I need my hearing sucks. So there's times where I kind of like need to read lips or have subtitles on, but he can't have subtitles on. So it gets, it can get difficult for me uh, just because of my hearing. But uh, we've been, we've watched uh, a couple uh, of those, like the one where the, the two kids, the two boys think their mom isn't their mom. I can't remember the name of that one mother Uh, yeah we we watched that one we just watched one tonight where um a guy buys gets a makes a sweetheart deal with prosecutors to get a fresh start he buys a house that ends up being a haunted brothel was really good um so we're we're starting to go foreign but it's just it's hard to find a foreign film sometimes that we'll both be able to to watch comfortably gotcha let's say because there's there's nothing holding anybody back now. There's like they're they're all over the place now, and I love it. Um, but I know not everybody's into it. I was just wondering what your reasoning was. And that that's totally understandable because if you're trying to watch a horror film with your partner, your loved one, then you guys want to both be able to watch it comfortably, right? So I get that. It makes sense. But uh, now that we've kind of bookended our 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 rant on movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, we were going off of monsters. Um, yeah, I know, but uh, the last chunk of that had nothing to do with monsters, man. Though that's what we do, though. I know it's what we do. And um, if anybody hasn't noticed, we are trying a different type of format. We're, we're mm-hmm. just trying it out. Um, and I like um, it because it feels a little looser. We're able to we're we're able to do tangents. We shouldn't feel guilty about doing tangents. Yeah, that's but true. We both do feel guilty about doing tangents. This so, is enjoyable, though. So. For werewolves, though, because I, I want to circle back because I, I love fucking werewolves. Not fucking werewolves, but fucking werewolves. I mean, you um, do what you want, man. It's a little too hairy for me. Um, <laughs> but there are a lot of, like, we, we talked about different ways to become a, a werewolf, right? Uh, there's different characteristics to a werewolf. So my question for you is when it comes to... I guess, power set, weakness, and vulnerability, and strength. Do you prefer a more realistic approach uh, where it tries to be more 
like how could this actually happen or do you like the completely mystical uh part of it as far as like power set strength and weakness goes i don't know about um technically being about power strength or anything like that or weakness or anything like that but when it comes to transforming into something like that it's more of a spiritual like ideation to me okay Um, being part of nature and that was i absolutely i absolutely dislike and i'll get hate by some people i know Mm -hmm. uh probably not so much like uh people my age um but i disliked twilight so so much so absolutely much i hated every single second of it um the relationship between uh bella and edward was such a destructive and abusive relationship um the way that absolutely the the uh i don't know what the werewolf guy's name is the native kid jacob Um, jacob yeah team jacob sorry um the way that Jacob like treats Bella when he couldn't have his way with her, that's yeah. a fucking abusive friendship. The it and people romanticize that shit so much. And that was just one of the things that pissed me off about that. Aside from vampires being sparkly and being out in daylight or because it's rainy out, they can go out. All all, all of it was just it pissed me off. And, and the but the, the love the, the the speaking of bad relationships and and the 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 uh, destructive nature of it, like you were talking about, there's also that, uh, cause I had an ex that was fascinated with fucking twilight. Um, there was mm-hmm. a, a, a portion, I think it was the second film. Uh, there was that love triangle. There's a love triangle moment where Edward and Jacob are basically, uh, using her as a tool to compete with one another. Mm-hmm while she's in the room even and it's just it's so fucking gross and they try they romanticize like he said and it's like it's it's not a good look for anyone no um and before we give any more credit to these movies and describing scenes for it the thing that brought my attention to the werewolves about it was their ability to transform at will with them yeah um and like you were saying earlier, it's a hereditary thing about tr- native tribes being able to have this ability. And that idea, that little ideation makes, that makes me happy. Like natives mm-hmm. being in touch with nature already, that being part of their culture where they have these animals that they have spirit animals, you know, people like to have fun and em- emphasize on the whole spirit animal thing. Like, Oh, trash, trash pandas they're my spirit animal and stuff like that whatever um have fun with it that's that's fine but the idea that we do have like animals that we spiritually connect with being right. native american and that tribe specifically having the the wolf the where being able to transform into werewolves and run with the wolves and stuff like that that's that's kind of a beautiful thing to me right there so it yeah. being a spiritual trans translation like that that's beautiful because I can imagine that kind of being like with other tribes and like crows and um, like coyotes, stuff like that. That that sounds beautiful to me. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, like I said, I don't know about powers or weaknesses or anything like that, but having that ability to transform spiritually into something that you already have in your life is really cool. And I agree. I, I love that part of it as well. Like I said, 
um, what I was meaning by power sets and stuff is like, so you have different, obviously different types of werewolves depending on who's telling the story, right? Yeah. So, uh, they're most commonly just, just portrayed as being, you know, ordinary wolves and, and da, da, da. Uh, some can be distinguished from a regular wolf because they only run on three legs and stretching the back one, the fourth one backwards, like a tail. There's all these different things. And then there's different ways to become a werewolf, right? <clears throat> um, there's remedies to cure yourself of lycanthropy and all that. And weaknesses is a big one is that they are uh, the only thing that can truly kill a werewolf because they can regenerate is a silver bullet or uh, silver in general. Right. Uh, so it it's like, do, do you like it when they have some sort of inherent weakness like that that can be. Uh, brandished by the opposing force of the story. Well, if in the classical sense of werewolf, yeah, um, because everything needs to have some sort of weakness. Mm. I don't actually know what the origin of the the weakness, like of silver being in it. Um, I know the like origin of like say a a, a cross to the vampire is. I know mm-hmm. what that is. But as far as like silver bullets, like being able to kill werewolves or injure or maim them, I don't know why silver particularly harms werewolves. Do you know why that is? Yeah, there's a like I like to have reasoning behind like the weakness. Right. That makes sense to me. It was in that article, but I'm just trying to find it faster because it's such a huge fucking article. So silver is associated with the moon in most alchemical texts. So it is believed that many werewolves, since they are empowered by the moon, that silver is able to disrupt the connection to the moon and harm them. I would think that would empower the power of the moon even more. They think there's a relationship between the silver and the moon. But if that's like the, the reason for it, yeah, there's okay. There's a connection between the silver and the moon, the silver being probably the opposite of, you know, human bodies and werewolf bodies and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, looks like if we're going to have some sort of antagonist towards like anybody, like a, our own well-being, if we have some sort of antagonist towards our well-being, I like to think that there will be, and is a weakness. Um, so in some old folklore, silver has mystical powers, including harming otherwise invulnerable monsters, detecting poison and facilitating the passage into the fairy realm. So that could be why Um, there's also something to do with silver being a metal associated with purity. And since lycanthropy is typically considered a curse, it is an impurity. Um, See right there. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense than the, es- the other, especially one. with like the whole witchy side vibe that I have with like the whole minerals and stuff like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. They also early, I mean, this is a long time ago cause we know it's not, not now, but they did use silver for treating infections, uh, even through early parts of world war one. So if you go with the, 
the line of uh, werewolves having lycanthropy, which is a type of infection or disease or curse. And this silver is used to treat infections. You could see it as a uh, a woo-woo magic pill. You know what I mean? Like the uh, Maxwell Maxwell Silver Hammer kind of thing. Um, I don't know what you mean by woo-woo? Because it's it's bunk. You can't use silver to cure illness. Oh, um, uh, gotcha. But at the time, they thought you could. So that might be why they injected that into the werewolf mythos because they saw it as an illness curse, et cetera, et cetera. Silver will kill it. It kills anybody. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's hey, a heavy metal. The old me that, uh, great meme. You have ghosts in your blood. You should do cocaine about it. <laughs> <laughs> old school doctors, you know? So Sounds about right. Uh, if speaking of shitty, uh, werewolf movies that should never exist, uh, that coincide with shitty vampire movies that should never exist. Um, what is your favorite type of vampire? Do you like the classic Bram Stoker, Bella Lugosi, uh, or should say Bella Lugosi, uh, renditions of it? Or do you like the more modern? I know you're not fully up on it, but the kind of uh, more modernized, like um, Blade Underworld uh, type of vampire. I'm not all the way up on it. On Underworld, because you had said you're not 100% on oh. Underworld and how that. No, world when works. I say I'm not 100% on it, I'm just, I don't care much for it. The thing oh, okay. I liked about Underworld the most was. Um, the council having a council right because the whole thing that you were talking about with being human where they had where a, a coven of vampires get together they feed off of like either each other's darkness and shadows and they become bad for the human race doesn't make any sense to me it'd be like trying to get a coven of witches together because you get a coven of witches together that makes them bad you know yeah it doesn't make any sense to me it makes them more it makes them stronger but that also makes them able to uh kind of balance each other out if one of them starts to go rogue then there's people there's others on the coven or council that are able to control that in some way in some form and take care of the problem um so the thing is is that there are three different types of vampires before bram stoker there was nosferatu Mm -hmm. which was the more unattractive vampire that people always seem to forget well to be fair Nosferatu was a the film at least was a ripoff of Bram Stoker and they had to modify it because they didn't get the rights to it so they changed Count Dracula's name and made him more monstrous looking so they wouldn't get sued by Bram Stoker well so you know (laughs) the look of Nosferatu was actually more uh, in line with the origin of vampires um which were known as Stragoi. Yes. Um, yeah. So that, I but mean, I'm, there's, I'm just there's saying still... like the, the count Orloff movie, you know, um, Bram Stoker really brought along the whole romantic, 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 romancing. They're, they brought, he brought together the romance of he romanticized. Vampires. Yes. Romanticized. He romanticized vampires. Oh, for sure. Um, and at first it was, uh, kind of controversial because 
the way that they like the way vampires work, they enthrall people and bring them to them. So people are against with no consent and everything like that. The only thing that was really consent was getting invited into the home. Otherwise a vampire was always considered to uh, enthrall other humans and have them do their bidding or fall in love or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I don't like that about the Bram Stoker vampires. Um, When it comes to the more modern vampires, there's uh, what's the, what's the TV show? My my ex-wife liked it. It It's called uh, the originals. Um, Oh, vampire diaries. There's the vampire diaries, the originals, the legacies or something like that. That's a whole CW vampires. Right. I don't, care for that um and it's very that that just takes a whole another level of drama to it it makes it into a teen drama basically right right um i like i like vampires being romantic romanticized in the like their actions um the whole uh, biting on the neck and stuff like that, drawing from drawing from each other's life force and stuff like that. I like that, but I don't like the no consent part. Right. The enthralling and stuff like that. I don't like that. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like there has to be. I, I'm on the fence and I'll explain why. I understand the consent part and uh, my favorite take on vampirism is actually uh, vampire, the masquerade. I think it's, it's very well done. Um, but I understand the, the consent thing, like in, in pretty much every, every way consent is important. Right. Um, well, just in the romanticizing, romanticizing of it. Well, I mean, just in, I'm saying in in widespread, you know, big paintbrush uh, terms, consent's important, right? Yes, of course. Um, yes. So for me, when it comes to vampirism, right, I straddle the fence with the consent portion, insofar as how the blood is obtained, right? In Vampire the Masquerade there are vampires that are full on hundred percent toe the line. You got to have consent to get the blood. Um, there are vampires that say, Hey, as long as you don't violate the masquerade, man, you know, which is letting human beings know that vampires exist. And then there's the, uh, well, you, the vamp, the vampire is the apex predator. So as long as you're obtaining your blood in the traditions of the hunt and you don't violate the masquerade, of course you're good to go. So for me, a vampire is I, the way I kind of do it in my head canon, cause they're not real, right? Is <laughs> like you have vampires that are the more romanticized, right? that get consent to draw blood. And then you have the hunter that will stock the shadows, bum rush a target, drain them and leave them. And it's not romantic at all. It is predator versus prey. 
So again, that's that's where the council would come in. I mean, there's there's most, like I'm sure Vampire the Masquerade also has like the whole council thing in mind. Um, mm-hmm. It's where there's a council keeping like they they have a town, a city, or something like that, where that's where they they sit and that's where they feed and that's where they do this stuff. And yeah, they, they have they have certain targets or they have certain ways of obtaining blood. They have people in the market of you know the blood donations or in the hospitals where they can obtain blood without harming others, without bringing an eye to their, their whole convent and everything like that. Not to get too far into the weeds because I can talk about it for fucking eight hours, but you know, I don't get to because you keep interrupting. Go um, ahead. (laughs) The, the vampire, the masquerade does have like the ventru are like the ruling clan of vampires and they enforce the masquerade, which is, you can't let anybody know that vampires exist. So even if you're doing hunter prey, you can't drain them completely and kill them because dead bodies lead to questions, lead to people finding out about the masquerade and you can't create vampires without permission from the prince or princess or governor or governess of that district. That's where I was going with the council. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to answer your question about uh, they have to have a council for the masquerade, and they do. Well, I was just asking if they had a council in the Vampire the Masquerade. I already knew there was councils in vampires, and that's where I was going, buddy. Well, I was just answering your question about Vampire the Masquerade. Well, you just took the five minutes that I was going to talk about the same thing you talked about, so moving on. You were going to talk about the Ventru? Uh-huh. You weren't going to talk about them. I was going to talk about how they have to control being like spotted by anybody and everything like that. But you went along that whole line. What's next? <laughs> so if vampires were real, right? Do and you who's to say they aren't? What? And who's to say they aren't? Well, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, they're real. What do you think their actual strengths and weaknesses would be? Or do you think they would just be um, human beings that have some sort of deficiency where they need blood to stabilize their own existence? I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) You don't have any opinion on it? You tell me. I asked you first, bro. Wow, you got to answer first. I flipped um, the coin. <laughs> For me, I think um, it would be kind of a mixed bag. You would have eventually uh, a diluted um, potency of the blood. Because if you go back far enough, you'd have to have an original vampire, right? And they could create a vampire. And the vampire they created, conceivably, would be like 90% of the power of the first one. And as you keep going down generationally, eventually you're going to get very weak powered bloodlines. That would probably be essentially humans with a fucking condition that requires a jump start um with fresh blood which is where we would get like we see 
in today's society, there are clubs where people link up consensually and drink each other's blood. It would be that kind of a setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the older vampires would most likely have some sort of uh, power set because um, the old argument that every legend, every mythos started with some sort of truth to it, right? Uh, so if vampires are real, there is some, some truth to their power set. Uh, might not be to the degree that we've been, you know, led to believe. But well, there's I mean, that that's there's... the whole that's the whole Strigoi thing that was in the Romanian village. Mm-hmm. They they were just seen as uh, troubled spirits that came back out of the graves, and mm-hmm. um, they were able to transform into animals and become invisible and all that stuff. They they gained vitality from drinking blood from their victims. That was like the that's the origin that's the actual origin of vampires and right. that village I was talking about, they still like stake their dead before mm-hmm. they uh, get placed in the ground and everything. They take all the precautions that we know as like the weaknesses of modern day vampires and actually go through with them as they bury them. Yeah. I've even seen uh, ones where they have like the metal bars um, bent into U shapes and then put into the ground. Um <clears throat> like a foot deep or something like that from the head all the way down to the leg, like multiple bars. And then they still have stakes in it through, through even that, mm-hmm. um, a lot of precautions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I would argue, you know, there's gotta be some truth to the power sets, whatever that truth would be. Uh, the older ones would probably have those powers. The younger ones with more thinned bloodlines, uh, probably would not. And as far as um, weaknesses, um, I mean, cutting the head off anything pretty much works. Um, so I would imagine that would work with uh, with vampires. Um, and I would, as far as the religious iconography, I kind of like how Constantine uh, represents that in the Keanu Reeves movie, at least, where there's, and granted, it's a demon, not a vampire. Mm-hmm but he's trying to exercise a demon spoiler alert. And he holds up um, like 12 or 15 different holy symbols on a key ring. And he holds it up into the light. So the shadow of the object is hitting the demon and he just keeps scrolling one after the other until he finds the one that the demon reacts to Mm -hmm. because the demon only recognizes the iconography from the place they were when they were alive. So if they believed when they were alive that the, you know, um, that Allah is the, the antithesis to their power set, they'll react to imagery of Allah, so on and so forth. So I think that might be a, a component where like a uh, Wiccan uh, vampire has, doesn't care about a crucifix whereas a Catholic one would, right? Uh, I kind of like that idea of it. Um, But, I mean, it it could even be that there's uh, all that is just bunk, and it's more like Blade. You got to cut their head off and stake them. (laughs) You know, and that's that's what works. So the whole idea with, like, the Strigoi being um, 
troubled spirits as to why I understand why people think the cross would like protect them because it brings into the whole religious factor and everything spiritually, spirituality and uh, religion really kind of bleed together at some points. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Um, I think when it comes to troubled spirits, it would be it, it, whatever religion you are is going to work. It ju you just need to actually um, follow through with it and actually have the intent and belief that it will work. Right. Because and, it comes down to being a spiritual thing. As long right. as you have that spiritual strength, you can push that and do it. But um, I don't think it's necessarily just Christian or Catholic that would be able to handle that. That's why I, I understand why the cross, but I don't think it's just the cross that would like hinder them. Yeah. And we've, I, I, I shouldn't say we, uh, I've watched a lot of different things on like, uh, why exorcism works. And, um, from a purely psychological in aspect, right. They think that the ceremony might work because the person under duress, right. Believes they are possessed by a demon. And that person also believes that the remedy is religious uh, ceremony A. So if a exorcist comes in and provides that external stimuli that the person under duress already believes will work, even if it's on a subconscious level, that's the, the external... Uh, shock to the system if it as it were does actually work because the patient already has the presupposition built into their own psyche by their own pre belief system they had prior to the possession so if it because it's staying in line with that it works it's kind of mind over matter um, methodology, right? So, yeah, this is something that like, this, when it comes to like things like this, this is what really like, um, to me pushes it one way or the other is, uh, when like I do things with like my witchcraft and stuff like that, uh, the majority of it. Yes. Like there, like 25% of it is getting materials together and working with the materials, doing the whole process and stuff like that, getting the materials together and forming what you need for it. But the other like 75% of it is believing in what you're doing, having the intent to push whatever you're pushing into the materials and working with the materials with that constant intent flowing into your hands. So it's a lot of belief. It's a lot of intent and it's a lot of you wanting to pass that energy through. So when it comes to like exactly what you said, like when it comes to like exorcism and stuff like that, and somebody has the idea that say a Christian, a Christian priest is going to be able to help finish this up and close it off or uh, push this spirit out of a, somebody's body if they already have that idea in them and they're going to have that presence in them, that physical presence, like you said, 
then it's going to push that belief and intent further on to the, the situation. Right. So going a roundabout way of it, it's exactly what you said and having that intent, that belief, and then having that physical presence to enhance everything that you're already thinking and believing and pushing it out into the world energy wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen, um, exorcisms by, uh, Catholics, Catholic priests, by, uh, Protestants, by Baptists, by, um, voodoo practitioners. Um, yeah, I was going to say anybody that practices anything spiritually will have done an exorcism to some degree. Yeah. Even if it's a, uh, like a Wiccan uh, cleansing ceremony on a location, it's a type of exorcism. Exactly. Yep. Uh, cleansing objects that you get from, uh, you know, other places just to ensure that they're not going to carry something with them, you know? Yep. Exactly. When you cleanse something like spiritually, yeah, you're doing exactly what you said. You know, you're, you're doing an exorcism. It doesn't have to be a demon or a monster that you're trying to excise from anything. It just, you're getting rid of the bad negative energies that are, that may have been laid on it. You're cleansing it. You're basically swiping the slate clean and making it available to you and your energy. Right. Absolutely. All right. Are we capping off on the vampires? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I could ask you about. Um, oh, do you think, so again, running out the presupposition that vampires are real, right? Are they not? Um, do you think, because it's a common trope that vampires are if they exist they're in charge of everything do you think that's even do you do you think there's like a merit to that or it's just become so tropey that nobody wants to break free of it kind of like the stuff we were talking about earlier or do you think that it would make more sense for vampires to always just stick in the shadows state of their clans and their you know contained governance and and never even try to get in or even have the inclination to get into uh, human politics and daily life. I don't see any reason why they would want to run the world. Do you see the, our world right now? Why would they want to run anything like that? Why would anybody want to run anything like this? I, I see yeah. it as they just want to be on their own. Why would they want to interact with us except if they need to feed? I I yeah I I get like the idea and I feel like that's just another uh romantic romanticization <laughs> romantification of, romantification <laughs> of of vampires because it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, it's not a romance of any type but it's just they're trying to hold them up on this like hold vampires up on a pedestal where vampires probably are sitting there going if they are real don't want to even be on they're like why are you putting me there i don't want to why would i want to run this world it's Mm -hmm. i don't see any reason for it yeah and for me it's like 
there's always this idea in pretty much every vampire uh, mythos that I'm aware of. I could be mistaken. uh, Where the vessel, be it human or otherwise, has to die to become a vampire, right? So you're crossing through the veil and back again to some degree. And in my opinion, the closer you are to the veil, which we've kind of talked about before, uh, the closer you are to the veil of death, like in dying, you see shit. The closer you are to the veil, having just recently been born, you see shit. There's there's something to that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're crossing the veil in, in both directions, right, to become this vampire and you're getting supernatural abilities, to think that that being would have the same motivations as a being that is a hundred percent trapped in the thinking of the mortal coil doesn't jive with me. Like it doesn't make sense. Uh, I think that the experience and the heightened senses for vampires would lead them to be like, Oh, we don't, the rat race is stupid. Like why would I, a being that if I don't fuck up, will be immortal be wanting to go to a nine to five job every fucking day or, you know, be a part of these things that are just leading to our, their own demise, right? Everything humans do just leads to our own demise in the grand scheme of things. So why would I want to be a part of that? I can stay over here with my, my homies and be completely fine and just venture out when I need blood. And maybe, you know, if anything, they, you know, have a small conglomerate of uh, blood donation and they take 10% of the bags to feed themselves. Like, that's the most I could see them getting involved with humans just to make it easier to get blood. Right. You know, like the Red Cross could be a vampire organization. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why why would they want to be out front like that? Exactly. You know, like that's that's like as far as I could see vampires wanting to go. I'm I'm sure there's that outlier that wants to be like, yeah, I'll have this big company. I'll make billions of dollars. But, you know, I I doubt it's going to be every vampire that wants to run the world. And it may be that those uh, are the very rich people that suddenly disappear inexplicably inexplicably, because the other vampires are like, hey, stop it eventually they're gonna notice you're not getting old like you're gonna screw this up on right there there's another thing too it's like if you're gonna have be a public figure what are you gonna do when you start like you know 50 years down the road and you're still looking the exact same way oh you're just one of those people that look young and then Mm -hmm. you know 20 more years go by and you're like man you haven't aged a year or maybe they like to be in the entertainment industry or certain industries because it makes money, which they can use to facilitate making, you know, uh, access to blood easier for, for them and the, them and the other vampires. And they just, Oh, died of a sudden heart attack at 56. And they go, 
hide for 150 years and come back, which is why we have uh, images that show like John Travolta fucking popping up 80 times in the last 400 years. Yeah, I was going to say, and then there's that thing where we have those uh, people showing up at art galleries and standing next to a, like a oil painting that looks like ex- exactly like them. Yeah. Those guys are probably vampires. So, I mean, you know, could be or time what, travelers or one of the mall Santas are, you know, a real Santa. Yeah. I one mean, of the East, the, one of the mall Easter bunnies is a real Easter bunny. We don't my, know. My theory on that is, uh, they're not vampires. Uh, but my theory on it is it's a uh, reincarnation. And there's, there's something about how reincarnation works that we don't understand yet. That might be something like you can only reincarnate to the same bloodline for whatever reason. So the combination of genetics and re- and the soul coming back another time makes the body almost like there's something about that that like imprints the um, desired template, if you will. Kind of like how in the Matrix they say, oh, this is what you think you look like. So like your your mind knows what you're supposed to look like so it makes that your avatar in the matrix that whole I think kind you just of thing. don't want to believe in I I think you just don't want to believe in vampires. I mean, who wants to be cold all the time? Well, obviously they're not going to tell that they're cold. They're just they're, that's just the way of life. It's like we 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 run around our whole life knowing that our inner temperature is 98.7 degrees or, you know, a degree or a point degree lower to or whatever. But, you know, we go outside when it's 98 degrees and we're burning up. So, I mean, we go through life without even thinking about that. But so what is it? What, why is it? Why would their body temperature be a thought on their, their mind? We can also drink 115 degree liquids and it doesn't destroy our insides. Yeah. So, I mean, what is what is the temperature? What what does the temperature really mean? No, I just don't like to physically be cold. Okay, well, <laughs> being a vampire, you probably wouldn't be able to tell you're cold. I mean, that's true. You know what I'm saying? It's because it's just your regular body temperature. We can't tell that we're our bodies are running hot to some degree. But see, the other end of that is I'm fat right now. So if I got made a vampire, wouldn't I just be fat forever? Isn't that like the thing? You're frozen in time as to what you look like right now. Unless yeah, unless you're a vampire like uh, Blade. I mean, he works out. Yeah, but that's because he works out. Even in Blade, there's like the guy that runs the archives is just Pearl is just massive because that's what he was when he was turned. The Blade is also part. Part human, yeah. Part human, so. Well, like. According to most myths, right? If I get turned into a werewolf, my uh, metabolism shoots through the roof and my temperature, my base temperature shoots up, which causes me to burn more fat and I get skinny and ripped and buff and awesome. I'd rather be a werewolf. All right. But. <laughs> That's because I don't want to be fat anymore, personally. <laughs> and I don't want to actually do the work. Because who the fuck wants to do that? <laughs> All right. So now let me ask you. 
we've we've gone over werewolves we've gone over vampires we'll go over the third big uh trifecta of the the more modern uh creatures which zombie is your favorite zombie oh which there's multiples out there now there's There's a lot of different zombies you are correct um i have a special place in my heart i do not the sorry Interrupting real quick, do not say Last of Us because those aren't zombies. Those people no. are still alive. And they, I mean, that's not zombies. Um, but I have a special place in my heart for the more classic, traditional, slow moving, uh, like Resident Evil, early Resident Evil, uh, like one and two zombies. So like Night of the Walking Dead, because those are the original zombies. Yeah, but I like some of the the Resident Evil uh, variants, like Resident Evil Two, when the dogs get. I think they're in one as well. But like when the Dobermans get turned into zombies, that's um, in one. Yeah, one like, is one has them too. I, I kind of like that aspect, um, but going towards like the newer ish ones. I kind of like how they did it in like 28 days later where um, until they get to the point of decomp, they still have like fast twitch muscle fibers and, you know, they, they still have uh, physical speed and strength. And then the longer they go in being a zombie, the, you know, the less they have left. Um, I kind of like that. Um, trying to think what other zombies there are off the top of my head. I'm just gonna Google it. Types of zombies, because there's just so many, and I'm having a hard time. Like, um, let's see. Nazi zombies. Jesus. Um, you like Nazi zombies? No, I just saw it on a list. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I, I think I, I would have to go with the uh, the old school. I, I just I like that idea, and it kind of makes sense to me um, in my head canon because you're saying it's a a dead body, right? So you have decomposition to work with, you have uh, rigor mortis to to struggle with. The idea that they'd be able to perform well physically just doesn't make a lot of sense for me. Um, it's fun to see. It's, it's fun to see different, you know, variations on them. Um, but for me, the, the old school, you know, uh, George A. Romero style zombie, um, that achieves its, its, achieves the collective goal by uh, just sheer numbers and getting you cornered. I, I, I just, that's, that's a zombie to me. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I don't know what it is, but I always have a hard time believing that we could have such large groups together when it comes to the slow staggering zombies that Romero has made popular or, uh, you know, Frank Miller's uh, Walking Dead 
when it comes to those zombies, when they come like start becoming big groups like that, it's just it's hard for me to believe that they can corner you. Um, I'm sure it can happen, but I have a hard time believing it. That's I all. was of a same similar vein. I was like, I like zombies, but the idea that they could take everything over seems dumb because they're so slow and blah blah blah. Until COVID happened, because I also thought that the classic trope scene where the person a gets bit they hide it from the rest of the group because they're a dick uh and then they end up you know turning in a the worst possible moment they bite another person that person bites another person and then it starts to spread that way makes a lot of sense and certain um delivery methodologies that i've seen in some films that i thought were really well done as a guy gets bit by a zombie, he hides it. He's trying to get transportation to some doctor that thinks he can help or like to turn himself into a DOD research lab so they can, you know, isolate the virus and figure this thing out. So he hops on a train, turns into a zombie on the train, the zombie, those fucking, or a subway, especially subways are so packed that he could, end up biting 25 people before they get off the butt off the subway. And then those 25 people turn into zombies as well. So like you could have mass transmission very quickly in situations like that. And then that turns into kind of like the walking dead. Uh, when he goes to Atlanta, when he goes back to Atlanta, there's so many of them, uh, on the streets that while he's running away from one horde, he turns down an alley and there's another horde at the end of the alley already because there's just so many like numbers wise. So because oh. you get cornered just because you take a wrong turn basically. And you have to be very careful about where you go. And the whole aspect is usually tied in with if you make noise, any noise draws the horde, right? So that's what that's what drives me crazy, and that's what makes me actually think that it couldn't draw you into a corner, though, because that amount of people, like the the way the the way it spread, like that makes that makes sense. You know, it's it's a infection of some kind. Um, you get a fever, your your body dies, you become a zombie, and yeah, people are gonna hide it because people are assholes. Yeah, and they're selfish, and they're gonna hide it and try and be like, "No, no, I'll, I'll be okay." And that yeah, that happens, but scientifically speaking, I'm not an expert by any means when it comes to science. But scientifically speaking, the none of those zombies are gonna like come together like that. That they're not just gonna like crowd around each other like that. So. A, even even with the, even with with the whole noise factor coming into it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so a good take on that that made it make a little bit easier sense for me. Um, I don't. I feel like not a lot of people know. Like a lot of people slept on it. Uh, the book Cell C E L L by Stephen King. Uh, the idea, the premise is that someone. Uh, releases a signal on to air all onto the airwaves. So it hits cell phones, it hits televisions, um, it hits radios, right? Like terrestrial radio. 
And if you hear the sound, it scrambles you into, it scrambles your brain and basically defaults you to the reptilian brain. Kill, murder, eat, kill, murder, eat, right? Um, but it also created a hive mind for everybody that heard the signal. And it, it, there's a little bit of hand wavy woo woo in sci-fi, right? Um, so the, the breaking it down into the, well, how did it do that? I, I don't, I don't know, but, um, the idea that it created a hive mind. So you have fast zombies in this universe, uh, in the cell universe, you have, uh, fast zombies with a hive mind and that's how they're able to corner people because they can telepathically hive mind together and they're being orchestrated by one uh, master brain zombie. Yeah, and now you're going to a different type of zombie, though. So we're not talking right. about Frank Miller, George Romero zombies anymore. But that would, I'm saying, like, that would type, make you know? sense. And the way, um, in my opinion, if I was going to make a zombie movie, I would have it be uh, a fungus, which you and I have talked offline before, uh, a fungus that infects the human brain and basically hollows out the uh, organic matter and creates a more fungal brain that will then release spores by us coughing, which our respiratory system is a great way to spread shit, as we know. You haven't Um, played Last of Us, have you? Huh? You haven't played Last of Us, have you? No, I have, yeah. You have, okay. Uh, But in the way of how like the zombie spores work for ants and deer... It would have us, it, it would, you know, uh, infect somebody and go up to the tallest fucking building in Manhattan and cough its spores so that they fall in a wide dispersal pattern. Other people breathe them. Now they're infected. And as we've seen fungus be able to do around the world, the hive mind would work uh, with fungus very easily. You, you just explained The Last of Us. Yeah. I mean, it's the way zombies would would work for the most part. Um, but that un- kind, yes. Unlike yeah. unlike the Last of but Us, they're not zombies. Unlike the Last of Us, uh, there would be no consciousness. So those people are no longer alive. They are they are they are a fungus. They are being driven by the fungus, and the fungus does not have really any need for the brain, the heart, the blood, a lot of that stuff, and would probably find a way to rewire uh, the body to a degree to be able to accept anything as quote-unquote nutrition, uh, but it would basically just eat whatever is around to keep the body going um, the, like to keep the, the body mobile. The for, cordyceps, for as long as it needs. The cordyceps fungus that you're talking about doesn't actually kill anything until it is ready to release spores. It doesn't eat away the brain or anything until it gets to oh, where yeah, it needs sure. to go. But, so everything is alive all the way up until spore release. Right. In, in the way that it works in the animal kingdom today, yes. But what I'm saying is, right? It was the same way in The Last of Us, actually. In, in, the, in this hypothetical situation, we know... In real world, that fungus isn't has some sort of intelligence. It just does. It, it's wild. It doesn't make a lot of sense to us. 
but it's true. Uh, fungus has a sort of intelligence to it. So hypothetically speaking, if there was a sort of zombie fungus that was able to adapt itself to the human brain, it might recognize intelligence. Whereas a bug doesn't have the same level of intelligence, right? As a, a human brain, at least in the way that we think and measure intelligence. Right. So when the fungus gets inside of a human brain, maybe it goes, Oh, uh, this is just synapses. I know what synapses are because fungus uses similar shit. And it just incorporates itself and uses that person's brain to learn and goes, Oh, well, I'm going to keep this fucking thing alive because I want the information. And then it spreads itself to another and another, another, and another, and another until it creates a worldwide network of a hive mind and gets all of the information that it needs. And then it just goes squishy to the brain and says, I'm replacing the brain with fungus because I already have all that information and we all just become essentially drones that we are no longer people. We are no longer alive in the sense that we consider life to be now. And that hive mind controls every single aspect of every single body on earth and humanity essentially evolves, but we are not, um, we don't have separate consciousness. We have one singular consciousness and all of us cease to exist basically. So after going through all of that, is I, that your, cinematically speaking, is it still George A. Romero zombies? Cinematically speaking, yes. How I think zombies would actually work, I think it makes more sense for it to be a uh, a, a fungus, a fungal infection. But what about you? What's your uh, favorite type of zombie? I like George A. Romero zombies. I'm just I'm a classic movie guy. So when it comes to zombies, it's George A. Romero zombies. But you don't like the uh the horde cornering people. The the thing that I have with the George A. Romero zombies and the more realistic look at it is scientifically a zombie isn't gonna last very long. That's what I have with the horde thing. That's why I find the horde issue such an issue. Is mm. that scientifically speaking, a body is going to hit rigor mortis. It's not going to be able to move for very much longer because of the way the blood doesn't move through the body, because of the way the body works after it breaks down, after death, because it's only 24 hours before the body really starts breaking down real good. So a zombie body isn't going to last. It's not going to be able to just sit there and wander around endlessly for days and days and months mm -hmm. and months. Scientifically speaking, a zombie outbreak a zombie like apocalypse isn't gonna last very long the only thing that's gonna make it last longer are the goddamn fucking idiots and selfish fools that sit there and want to hide their bite marks that want to hide their scratch marks that want to sit there and go and be dumb shits and start trying to fight the zombies and everything those are the people that are going to keep the zombie virus going because as long as people keep creating more zombies by dying to zombies and getting infected by whatever has made the zombies there's, there won't be new zombies popping up. Yeah. I think, um, 
that's a good point too. Like if it ever became like a zombie, you know, contamination outbreak, right. In the traditional zombie sense, I think that's what we would see is like you said, people that are hiding bites, right. Uh, trying to go out and be fucking captain fuckboy chasing down a zombie. Um, but we have to talk about the very real possibility also that there's going to be people trying to fuck zombies. That's going to happen. Like, somebody's going to go on to uh, Jerry Springer and be like, my zombie husband. Well, you know, he got bit on the business trip to, uh, you know, wherever the fuck Columbus, Ohio. And when he came home, he turned into a zombie, but he was already in the shed. So I just tied him up and, you know, we're still married. Well, like disregarding the whole, like Jerry Springer thing and everything. Yeah. People are gonna, because the people have that whole kink of necrophilia. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, realistically there will be yeah and that's just part of those assholes that are going to sit there and continue the virus going around because and then you're going to have the groups that are like the zombie apocalypse is a uh a a hoax there's no such thing as the zombie apocalypse we're going to have a gigantic rally in the middle of fucking texas and uh talk about how hoaxy this is and then eight of them are actually zombies and get shown the fuck up and a whole fucking bunch of zombies show up yeah and again that a whole nother part of the the assholes that are gonna sit there and continue the virus i just i see no realistic way that you know like with the walking dead yeah there's 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 billions of dead people but people that are in grave that are, that have been buried in graves like over a year and everything mm-hmm. like that they're not going to become crawling back out. They have no muscle fiber by that point. There's no, there's no way that that a, a zombie can be created from that. Scientifically speaking, there's no way. And because our when we die, there's no blood flowing through. There's no way that there's going to be communication between the brain and anything else. So even if our brain did go into that whole like primal needing mm. to feed attitude, there's no way that it's going to move because there's no blood flow. Are we move around because we have blood flow? And with if it we all don't being have blood flow, then our muscles and everything dead. don't move. Yeah. yeah. So, like, we see all these movies where there's like billions of zombies and everything. The only way that's going to happen is like if there is a city that gets overloaded with like the virus or the infection of whatever kind it is. And everybody in that city gets infected. Yes, there will be a horde, but that horde is going to be there for like a week at tops. As long as there's nobody else to feed to that virus or infection of whatever it is, there's going to be no new zombies. That city, if it gets walled up and all those zombies stay right there and we don't have people going and wanting to headhunt zombies or be, you know, as you said, Captain Douchebag or whatever, there's there's going to be no new zombies. As long as nobody is a stupid douchebag, there's going to be no new zombies. Right, but there's always going to be stupid douchebags. So it's, it's going to be like, if there was a zombie apocalypse, right, it would be, um, you know, we'd have 10,000 initial zombies. We'd take care of those, and then we'd, we'd keep having like 100, 200 cases a year, and we just could never like actually stomp it out completely. Right. But it wouldn't be like, oh, they took down 85 helicopters and 15 tanks this week. COVID has been a perfect, perfect example as to how the zombie virus would go. Yeah. Perfect. Just like you just like you just said, 
Yeah. There's yeah. going to be people going out there and just being dipshits. But I think we all had that kind of moment with, with COVID where it was like, we were watching a zombie movie, you know, pre COVID. I'm like, why would anybody hide their bite? Like, obviously everybody would just be like, Hey, I got bit fucking go on without me. Like, and then COVID hit and we're like, ah, fuck. Like people no. would do that. I have lost all trust in like the human race a long, long time ago. So it's just like, <laughs> seriously, like I didn't think anything that people were going to be any smart about this whole COVID thing. Like with the whole pandemic and everything, I knew there was going to be people going out there just arguing every point they can. And I still maintain, and I'm probably going to catch out for this. So I'm going to just say, it's just my opinion. It is not necessarily the opinion of my co-host or anybody else, but I do feel that if, um, COVID had been the, how to word this, uh, if Trump had not won office, right? Cause COVID happened shortly thereafter. Um, and a, we had a, a, a Democrat president. Demo, uh, the, the majority of the people that were causing, no, I shouldn't say the majority of the people causing a problem, but a lot of people that were causing a problem uh, because they believed it to be a left-wing hoax would have actually been the ones getting vaccinated. Because the whole reverse uh, political spectrum, right? So it's it's crazy how it became politicized so horrifically. Like if you got oh, if you got the jab, you're you're a demo, you're a Democrat. That means you're a Democrat. And you you fall in line with that. And it's like, well, no, it's just it's science and vaccines work. <laughs> like. Absolutely. So how many of them, I guess my point being is like how many of them were duped by the whole red versus blue thing and had it not been uh, under a Republican president saying that it it was a hoax. If it was just like a whole medical thing. Yeah. Like if it wasn't like politics if it wasn't some sort of like big scandal or scam or anything like that like everybody was saying it was simply just a medical thing if the doctors were coming out sitting there saying you need to get this done how many people would actually get it done yeah because i represent no real like political stance on anything except for you know being able for us to be able to uh take care of ourselves and be able to be healthy and all that stuff when it comes to like that Okay, I don't yeah. have any real political stance on either side. I'm not red or blue or in between. I agree. When it comes to the subject matter, I will determine, you know, appropriately. But like I was as soon as I was able to get the vaccine, I got the vaccine. Yep. And I got the second shot. I didn't get to get a booster because of so much other crap going on, and I still haven't gotten out to get that booster, but I got the vaccine as soon as I could. Because I wanted to make sure that because I knew so many people that could be affected by it, like with because they had immunodeficiency problems. Yeah. And all of the the main arguments against it being Mm -hmm. like, 
well, we don't know the long-term side effects. Um, there hasn't been a single vaccine that shows any adverse effects after what, like six months was like the longest one. Well, um, you know, like, <laughs> and it was like, they don't you stay don't... in your system. Your body develop like you get the vaccine, your body goes, Oh, that's how I fight this virus. And then you get rid of that shit very quickly. Your body dumps it out. It just has the memory of how to fight it the next time it sees it. You know, speaking right. about that too, is like they, they sat there and said, well, we don't know the long-term effects of this vaccine. I was like, we know the long-term effects of getting COVID. Mm-hmm. So yep. you weigh your options, all right? And you we know get the, back to me. the long-term effects of every other vaccine that we've had that we've been forcing people to get for the last, what, 50, 60 years? Like, yeah, which has eradicated things from our populace. Yeah. Like who the fuck gets uh, polio anymore? Who gets um, you know mumps are starting to come back a little bit um, because well, people yeah, don't get because vaccinated. We've got so many people. Yeah, I was gonna say so many people aren't getting vaccinated anymore because it causes autism. Because it causes my kid to be nutty and ADHD. It's like, man, your kid's just being a kid. Yeah, and it's like you know the the whole the whole thing is fucking nuts. It's like we we know. We've er- almost eradicated these diseases and they go, well, we don't know how, we don't really know how viruses work. It's like, yeah, we do. If you get a virus, the virus mutates or has a high potential to mutate in an unvaccinated host and then it spreads to another. And if it gets to another unvaccinated host, it can fucking mutate again. And every time it mutates, that's a, a potential that the fucking vaccine needs to be adjusted to account for that aberration. Like, and, you know, just in case anybody's sitting there going, well, this isn't a, this isn't monsters. We're talking about like the biggest monster out here, the realest monster out here, which is humans. People. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, it, I'm just and we're using COVID as an example of how something like a zombie virus, or even even realistically something like vampirism and uh, lycanthropy could spread as well, right? Because what if? You got a guy on a plane, an overnight flight, right? A red eye uh, flies during a full moon and fucking werewolves out on an airplane. How many people are going to die? How many are going to turn into werewolves? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're all considered the same thing. Uh, getting bit by a vampire, you get vampire, you become a vampire. Uh, werewolves, you get bit and scratched, you become a va- uh, werewolf. Uh, zombies, the same thing. It that's that's the train of thought we ended up going on to with the whole COVID thing. Yeah, but I wanted to like be sure that people know that people are monsters, yeah. and, and like we're some of the worst ones. Speaking of, uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, a good foreign movie. Uh, I shouldn't say foreign. What's the better word for that? Uh, I don't know. I call them foreign, uh, non-US. I guess. Uh, non-US film on Netflix, Blood Red is, Sky. Is oh, there an issue with the word foreign? I don't, I feel like they're, they're <coughs> I don't know. It, sometimes it feels weird when I say it. I just doesn't feel like the right word, but I don't Netflix know what the right word Netflix calls is. them foreign. Okay. So, I guess that's the term. I just, I don't know. I, there's some International. Words, yeah, some words when I say them, I'm just like, that doesn't feel right. I don't know why. Uh, but international film, Blood Red Sky. It is a German film. Uh, released in 2021 it's on netflix um it is a uh, i'm trying to think of like a good way to word it but basically 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, when a group of terrorists hijacks an overnight transatlantic flight, a mysteriously ill woman must unleash a monstrous secret to protect her young son. Good movie. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, worth a watch. But it, it kind of covers some of the things we were talking about. I don't want to give away too much, but it's uh, it's it's good, man. It's good. You should watch it. I have. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean, then. It's fucking good. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. I'm um, sitting over here telling you I watch horror movies all the time. I watch everything I can. Oh, I but that's that's fair though because I did tell you that I I don't have Netflix. I just recently got Netflix again because of my parents. My parents let me get a bum off of theirs. Oh, okay. Okay. But uh but yeah, I I thought that one was good. Um enjoyed it. The and then what was there was something else. Oh, what how do you feel about um ideas like um jeepers creepers where it's like some sort of uh ancient thing that only comes back so so often or interdimensional threats like the mist are those uh monsters that you enjoy watching or have any feelings about absolutely um i mean as a warshipper of Cthulhu, of course, I don't mind, you know, <laughs> creatures like Jeepers Creepers. Um, as far as like things like the mist and stuff like that, I mean, that the the movie The Fog made me interested in movies like that. Mm-hmm. The Fog was a the fog was more paranormal, though, because it was ghosts within the, the fog, which sorry, spoilers for like a 30 fucking year movie. But <laughs> <clears throat> it, when it comes to that stuff, oh, yeah, uh, Cloverfield. Uh, all three Cloverfield movies are fantastic. Um, I, I just watched Cloverfield Paradox for like the third time today. Um, I love that shit. I love internet uh, intergalactic type stuff like that. I just don't like Beastie Boys intergalactic. Um, planetary, planetary, intergalactic. When it comes to horror movies, I'm more about like the uh, the paranormal type movies. I, I agree. I, I do like a good paranormal movie. Um, I will say the I liked the more psychological aspect of the mist. I mean, granted, they had, you know, the oh, here's the creatures and stuff like that. But I could have gone the whole movie with just the grocery store devolving into uh, the chaos. You know what I mean? the the chaos of humanity turning on one another and and things like that i i could have watched the whole movie just being that uh it was a good like what happens when human beings get trapped in one space together and you're injecting fear constantly into that uh that dynamic and and what people will do to each other right Uh, i could have watched the whole movie just being that with no monsters at all I th- I think it would have been a fantastic film just in and of itself that way. But you have the interdimensional creatures, which makes it fun. Um, I also liked the ending. I thought the ending was uh, very different from what you would expect. Uh, kind of uh, subverted expectations uh, a little bit there. Um, I don't know how old the mist is, but spoiler alert. The dad kills everybody in the car at the end. Uh, it's from 2007. If you haven't watched it by now, what the fuck are you doing? Um, 
but it wasn't something that was you see a lot of in, in movies where it's like, well, there's no other possibility. So it's it's a mass murder suicide, but he runs out of bullets. And then the fucking rescue team shows up like two minutes later. Like he didn't have to kill everybody, but he thought he did. And he just completely breaks down. It was a great ending. That you don't really see done that often, in my opinion. Except usually M. Night movies. Dude, fucking M. Night Shyamalan movies. I'm sorry to anybody that likes them. But with the exception of the movie Old, which I actually did did like that one, I don't see the fucking point or the draw in like any of his movies. I don't like any of them. I just, they just don't do it for me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, that's okay. The, a group of aliens descends on the planet earth and they've been observing the planet from light years away. And they know all this stuff about us, but they didn't bother to go, Hey, there's that chemical we're allergic to that's covering 85% of the fucking planet. Like, that's just dumb. <laughs> it's lazy. It makes no it's sense. Just a classical reference to alien life from a uh, long, long time ago when they first started doing the whole alien thing when it came to, like, War of the Worlds and stuff. It's just uh, biological germs. That's all it is. Uh, in the water and stuff like that, because the water contains so many different uh, bacteria and everything like that. That that was the draw of that. That's the idea. But if you're going to invade a planet, wouldn't you do a little recon? Wouldn't you figure out like, oh, hey, just so you know, uh, we're going to be allergic to the atmosphere. We might want to bring suits. Oh, just so you know, there's all this blue shit there. Yeah, that shit's deadly as fuck. Make sure you have your scuba suit. Like, basic recon are you i mean humans can't do basic recon so um i'm I'm just saying like, the military does recon <laughs> the military does do recon but when we're doing like everything up on like all these scientific studies on like planets and stuff like that like mars and stuff we don't get all the facts and all the information because we don't have all the same uh, things that that same planet has like to study stuff. So the aliens probably don't have the same uh, mechanical shit to do the same no, studies. Because we get atmospheric data. Uh, we analyze what kind of atmosphere the planets have. We analyze uh, even remotely like what the chemical composition is. Oh, it's, it's full of fucking hydrogen and other shit that would be deadly to us. We know that certain planets rain fucking uh molten metal <laughs> like we are doing recon on a shit ton of planets that we haven't even been able to send a probe to and it could also uh just just kind of spitballing it could also be uh actual water that humans have dealt with as opposed to like ocean waters which they may not have had any issues with like in the deep waters of the ocean rather than waters that have been in like in our water towers or our purification systems that we know doesn't really purify anything. Right. And it could be very well that it could just be that there has been some sort of human contact with these things and humans are filled with absolute germs because we just are. 
No, I mean, I'm, it, I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I'm not it, telling you that this is the right, way it right. is. I'm not telling you this is fact for fact. So don't no, get all you, pissy with me. I'm just saying, but that's just a possibility. That would have been fine with me if it would have been done in a way of like the aliens are starting to take over. And as they're interacting with, with human beings, they're getting smallpox. They're getting, you know, shit like that. So, you know, some so, some sort of thing like that where it's like, oh, fuck, we didn't realize that by interacting with humans because we haven't captured any yet, the, so this is just the another germs thing would too, slowly start is, to kill the alien population. I assume you're, go, you're, you're spinning all this off of the signs. So we also only saw the one interaction with the family. We didn't see an overall, like, invasion or anything. We just saw the in, the interactions with the aliens and this one particular family. Well, we family. didn't. We didn't. Because there, we did see it from the perspective of that family. But they gave us insights into other areas by the TV, the radio, and things like that, where they were mentioning that those events were happening all over the planet. Yeah. But I'm saying the specific water interaction. Uh, just my two cents. It's it's why would you invade a planet that you're allergic to 98% of the planet? Like it's Because dumb. you think you're the better group. It's dumb. People have done it since the European colonies, man. They think you think I'm the better people. We are the more advanced colony. We get to have everything and do anything we absolutely ag- fucking want. But again, and that's what happens. But again, we're running off the presupposition that aliens think like humans. And why not? Who says they don't? Be- why are you thinking that they have a higher brain? Like, why? Why? Why do? You, why does everybody think aliens have like a better thought process than humans? I think. It for me like that for me I don't get that for me personally it stems from if you are a uh, type one civilization you know how to harness the entire power of your planet all the energy on your planet and you can sustain the energy on your planet reliably without destroying your planet like we do we are a type zero population or type zero civilization to be a type two you are now harnessing the energy of your sun. You know how to make a solar sail or whatever the fuck, uh, all that stuff. And you are harnessing the power of your sun and are beginning to move to uh, multi becoming a multiple planet civilization in order for aliens to get here. They would either have to live within our uh, Milky way galaxy or they would have to be a type three civilization, which is intergalactic and the amount of uh, knowledge and perseverance, patience, technological advancement, uh, all of that, that you would have to have to become a type three civilization. It would be almost, I wouldn't say impossible, but it would be unlikely that they would not have a system in place or an understanding of a better way to do things than to travel the cosmos and just destroy other civilizations to steal resources. Like why? Because they already have enough resources for everything. Oh, so why? Because they're a type three. They have no, de- so they what? have no need for anything we have. 
So what? Why do why do why do they have to be reasonable? Why? Oh, they don't have to be. They absolutely exactly. don't have to be. See? But but what? They don't have to be. But even if they aren't, even if they're let's say they're um more warlike like the uh Chronicles of Riddick, the bad guys in there that I can't remember the name of. They it, it's converter die because it's a religious the necrophiliacs. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> That's not what their name is. But it's necro something, right? Yeah. Um the Necron or something. Anyway. Their their whole shtick is we don't want to kill you, but you have to join us. And if you don't want to join us, then we have to kill you. Which is still kind of humanist, but it, it isn't a it isn't purely like a uh, we think we're better than you kind of mentality. It's, oh, no, this is just the way it is. Like, we've been doing this forever. And, you know, OK, it, it you is still what prove it is. my point, though. You still prove my point. They have a set way of doing things. So why couldn't they be exactly what we're saying? Why couldn't they just be like, well, we have enough resources, but you know what? Let's go get more resources. Why not? Why? There is no logical reason that you can give me. That you that you can con- try and convince me with that they would just be maybe greedy or selfish or whatever other emotion. There's they can still be fucking idiots and still have all this technology at the fingertips. It doesn't fucking matter. They can still do exactly what you're sitting there arguing that that doesn't make any sense because I mean it living does make creatures sense. don't living creatures don't always make sense. That's, no living creature, no one living creature ever just makes sense. Just because, you know, you're not human doesn't mean that you don't make a smart decision. There's plenty of animals out there that have made stupid decisions. Maybe they survived, maybe they died, but they still made a stupid decision. Anything that has a thought process can make a decision here or there that might be a good or bad decision. And based like categorizing like uh, a, like civilizations like that is purely insanity to me because there's still there's probably a good chunk of people that can make up like an actual city within a civilization that can do exactly that, but because they're not large enough to be called a civilization, instead like seventy five percent of those that civilization can't do that is now making this like civilization a grade that that they are but they could actually harness stuff because they've got this 25% of people that can actually do it. You see what I'm saying? I I, I understand where you're you're coming from and the problem I have with the mentality is that it's one way or the other with a lot of it. It's like Oh, well, they're either exactly like humans and they're just going to come here and stomp on us because any in in our human experience, the civilization that has the greater technological advantage that meets a lower technically uh, technologically technological uh, civilization or a civilization that has, you know, uh, less technological advancements than the other gets stomped out by the one that has a better technology. That's what happens on our planet, right? 
um, historically speaking. But there's no reason to assume that an alien civilization would be that way. And there's no reason to assume that an alien civilization would not be that way. We have Correct. no flipping idea until we meet the aliens, right? Correct. However, a type, However what? a type three civilization. Oh, here you go again with the types. I just told you that doesn't make any sense to me. It's only measuring certain things to be sure. But it's the only things that we can we can measure with our understanding of the cosmos as it is today. Those civilizations can access and control much of the energy of the entire galaxy generates. Any civilization that could do that would most likely or pr- have a high probability of being, being able to manipulate space-time itself, creating wormholes to travel to any point in the universe. And part of that is knowing that how time itself works and knowing that's a vast amount of knowledge. We're talking like 8,000 times more knowledge than the top 1% of knowledge holders on the planet alive today have access to. That's an insane amount of knowledge that we can't even fathom. Even type two, being able to create Dyson spheres and things like that, we have it is 10 times an order of 10 times I'm sorry, 10 orders of magnitude more advanced than a type one. A type one is about 10 to 20 orders of magnitude more advanced than where we are today. So by the time you get to type three, it's so far advanced that we can barely even fathom what they'd be capable of doing and capable of achieving. And if we look at ourselves, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that, advanced intellect would con- would would be the moving factor as to how a a race of beings would be i'm saying that unfortunately like, unfortunately the the only uh quote unquote intelligent life that we have access to is ourselves right correct so, but what we know from what we've been able to observe and what we believe the future will hold based on our technological advancements, our advancements with intellect, our advancements as a civilization and how we've been advancing so far is that eventually humanity will have to, there's no, there's no option. We have to at some point become a planetary civilization where it's all, it's a one world civilization, right? Because if we don't all start pulling in the same direction, we're going to destroy the planet. We're all going to fucking die. Um, So at some point, we're going to have to get to a point where we figure out a way to coexist across the planet and have one shared existence. We're nowhere near that right now, obviously. It's never going to happen. And it may never happen because of how humanity is. But hypothetically speaking, we got to that level. That is basically a a new evolution of human beings compared to where we are today. Cause we, we cannot get that done right now. And outside of a evolutionary step, me personally, I don't think we're going to get there. Uh, it, we have to evolve somehow to be able to uh, come together in that, to that degree, right? Humanity can't do it the way it is now. Um, but if 
but taking that, right? If we have to evolve, become a type one, then we have to evolve to be able to be a type two. And then we have to evolve to be able to be a type three. By the time we get to type three, even human beings are going to be unrecognizable as a type three to ourselves. If we became a type three and came, went back in time to today, we would not recognize them as human beings. So here's the thing though. It's like, you're talking about a whole different thing than I am. <laughs> you're talking all about this advanced technology. You're at, talking about being able to harness all this stuff. You're talking about having a certain type of civilization. You're talking about all this, the, the, like you're, you're going on and on about all this stuff. But all I'm talking about is about how one creature does not have to be like the other. And it, it's not going to be that far off from the other creature at the same time. So, I mean, you, you, are, you are arguing adamantly about how an alien race should know better than to come down to a planet and blindly raid and attack it, whether it be for the resources or just to exterminate the beings that are on that planet. But all I'm arguing, regardless of all that technology, regardless of all the stuff that you keep talking about, that that race of beings, whether it be emotional or technological, not having the knowledge, having the knowledge, what the fuck ever, they are still capable of making stupid decisions or selfish de decisions or whatever. And they will still make mistakes. I'm not saying I took the whole human rationality out of it. They don't have to be acting like humans. They don't have to have all the same characteristics and traits that a human would have or make or all that. I, that's why I started talking about any creature. An alien race can still make bad decisions. They might think, oh, well, we can go. Maybe that's why they're raiding the cornfields because <laughs> it's so fucking far away from the water. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. They don't have water there. We. I'm just saying, man, there's no way to tell how a, a, an alien race is going to act. And you already said that yourself. And that's sure. exactly what I was getting at is that we don't know and we'll never know probably because whether we encounter an alien race by time our generation dies we don't know but all i'm getting at is that and all of this off a of fucking m night Shyamalan movie man <laughs> fucking Shyamalan. <laughs> fuck that guy the, the, the just because because you're so adamant that this this advanced alien race advanced technologically would have the smarts, the the wits about them to be able to make a decision and say, well, they've got water down there. That water is bad for us. We best not go down there. That doesn't mean jack shit, man. We sit here every single time blowing fucking walls and mountains down with fucking dynamite fucking 20 feet away from us. Well, that doesn't mean jack shit. <laughs> they have the knowledge to blow that dynamite up, but they're still playing around with fucking explosives. We all make some dis stupid decisions. My my point, no matter my what point with the Shyamalan aliens, is that as human beings are are essentially compared to any type of stellar civilization, 
any civilization that's able to move fucking three people uh, from one planet to the other safely and back again, like rudimentary, essentially, uh, compared to humans, humans are stupid fucking apes by comparison, right? Sure. When we are planning to go to uh, any a, a place that's fucking... 200 nautical miles away the amount of planning that goes into that to include making sure that everybody has the the gear necessary to survive in that place i i find it just insultingly ridiculous to uh suspend disbelief far enough to be like an alien civilization is coming all the way to planet earth and they didn't send a scout mission to be like hey uh, take a fucking sample of the atmosphere, take a sample of the ground, take a sample of water and figure out what the fuck it is. So we don't die when we take our fucking helmets off when human beings being dumb apes that we are scan interplanetary bodies to be like, Hey, could we live there? Oh no, the fucking air would kill us. Can we, we li- sent like- people, we sent people off into space without a way of defending themselves. We have people up on a space station without an ability to defend themselves. Because we're stupid apes that think there's nothing else in the cosmos that could ever fucking hurt us. And who the fuck does it say that those aliens are the same exact way? (laughs) Just because they can move between planets doesn't mean jack shit. So they got a ship that they can fly between. They're at the same pace we are then. (laughs) So what? we In M. Night Shyamalan's world, we get invaded by the fucking uh, redneck... um, space jockeys that are just trying to there, take a race to there you go break, again race to the bottom there you go again because people aren't as technologically or just as smart that they're below anybody else man that is so bad <laughs> how am i saying i'm just saying like if because you can... you're calling them rednecks just because they didn't come and recon the place with guns and rifles thank god they didn't <laughs> no i'm saying it, you don't go somewhere without doing a baseline. Hey, can I survive there by walking around naked? Which is how all the aliens in M Night Shyamalan showed up. They were all fucking and naked, did. and it was the, a simple, probably oversight for all we know on their end. Which we make oversights all the time, and you keep saying we're stupid apes, but fuck, we've made plenty of technological advances. It's just a trait of being alive. <laughs> I don't know. If it's, you a could, I don't, it's a flaw. I don't flaw. know if you could call travel to a planet where fucking 70% of the planet can kill us just by fucking touching our toe to it and oversight. That's pretty fucking really. That's a pretty really? big fuck off. We are getting <laughs> samples off of Mars off. and the moon and all this shit when we don't even know if anything lives in it. Oversights. They happen, man. I would say the biggest oversight we make as humans, because again, I we are a type zero civilization. Oh um, my god, I don't even want to hear that shit anymore. But we launched a probe, which, by the way, also irritates me that they say that space travel. Like one of the arguments against aliens being able to come here, I've heard is if you're traveling that quickly to be able to get here, space is so dangerous that you would run into random shit and blow yourself up before you ever get here. But we have a fucking probe that is outside of the, our galaxy sending information back. And it's been traveling for over 50 years and it hasn't hit anything. Like obviously if you 
have the technology to do to travel faster, you would f- figured that out. But anyway, um, the probe has a fucking the probes we send out have discs on them that tell people how to get tell other uh, potential civilizations where we live and how to get there. That might not be a good idea. That's probably one of the biggest oversights we've done. Because if you're correct, and there are Saiyans out there that just want to blow shit up to blow shit up, they know Humans where we are live. the same way. So, I mean, the, the beings, they're just, they're, everybody's a living being, man. I That's mean, the, all whole th- the whole thing started off because from my perspective, there's, there's, I don't understand why we immediately, assume, and I say the, you know, royal we, immediately assume that any intergalactic alien civilization that we may or may not be able to run into is going to be exactly like humans. Like even um, Stephen Hawking had that mindset and he's a insane. He was an insanely smart man. Like, but I don't understand why we immediately assume they're going to be just like us. Well, that's why I dropped the word human and just start talking about creatures in general, because realistically, if you have a thought process, then you can do the exact same thing with your thought process. Nobody's either higher or lower on that. We all think on things differently, but we all think. That's where I was trying to get to. And then you start going on your civilization type one, two, three, A, B, C, D. That's how we define civilizations because we, we don't have another way to do so. It, mainstream well, scientific mainstream science there's so many different has it people within a civilization in, right but i'm saying that's that's how we as human beings describe civilizations because we don't have an another way to do it yet we have type well, zero stupid. to type three that's how it's we a do stupid it. hats it's a stupid hat <laughs> like uh, i can't describe uh the meat from a pig without saying it's ham or pork. Like that's just because that's the, the sound we've all agreed is going to come out of my mouth. When I say (laughs) I want to eat a pig, (laughs) like I, that's how we describe civilizations is type zero to three. It's just the, the universal noise that we've all agreed when we make this noise, this is what we mean. Well, I don't know about the civilization types because I don't sit there and do that shit, man. I'm just, uh, as you call them, a redneck yokel. <laughs> I mean, I've... I'm just a dumb shit. I'm a dumb ape. <laughs> We're all dumb apes, man. Um, mm, yeah, sounds like uh, some, there's some that are above, above uh, below you. I heard the sigh. <laughs> I've I've long said, and I maintain this, and I feel like I I can say it because I am it to a degree, um, and I've been there uh, several times in my life. We are the the trailer trash of of the universe. If you look at how we've treated our planet, and you look at our space debris, look at a map of space debris. It is insane how much garbage 
we have just circling our planet because we don't give a fuck. And if I was a, a an alien flying by, I wouldn't want to fucking come visit here because it looks like a garbage heap. Well, maybe they maybe they have to put something in their, you know, their time traveling vehicle, you know, put some trash in there and refuel. <laughs> like I'm trying to get it to actually save this picture. It's gonna let me. Off. I don't want a video. There we go. Information. So the crazy thing with this picture is that basically every like pixel sized dot that's on there is a giant chunk of garbage. And we we know roughly the size of our planet, and that's shrinking our planet down to the size of a marble, just to be able to fucking map it all. Like, we live in a garbage heap. <coughs> like, it would be the equivalent of, like, your, my house, right, where my family lives, is in the middle of a dump, a literal dump, and I'm just fucking hanging out on garbage. Hey man, it's disgusting. You can, find, you can find some good stuff from those dumps. <laughs> you can, but my point is just like it's the amount of garbage we have around our planet. It's gross. And I'm not arguing that point. I'm just I'm talking about just mental thought processes, like on any but anything and anybody. You know what I'm saying? You get me? I gotcha. I just that, hey, okay. Let let let's. You and I disagree on this. And that's on this okay. one thing. That, that's that's <laughs> fine. That's totally fine. There's there's no problem. I want you to know I'm not upset with you in any way. No, no, I'm not upset with you Because I know I've raised either. my voice plenty of times. <laughs> I'm not upset but with you either. I just... I, 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 I have, don't get, I have I don't a, get where you're going with that. I have a passion for like space travel <laughs> and, and space and stuff. I, I really love it. But it's, it's just like... I don't know, man. I, I feel like... There's for I don't know why I just for some reason in my heart of hearts I feel that if you have the ability to do those things that you would have found a a better way locally and when you find a better way locally you tend to find a better way globally when you find a better way globally it expands out you know what I mean and I just I don't get the I just I don't think that every alien civilization is going to be a Saiyan civilization. And, no, I don't think so either. And we don't really see in our media pleasant aliens. Like, even in V, Visitors, they renamed it, I think, to V, which is a good TV yeah, show. When, when they redid it, yeah. Um, which is a great show. But they came saying, hey, we're here to, we're to help. And in actuality, they we're going to enslave us all and murder us, which again is more of a, a that's human not mindset. true. Crit critters had helpful aliens. Did it though? Yeah. The two that came down to help exterminate the critters from earth. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They were helpful aliens. I'll give you that one. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the critters themselves. I was like, were why, they helpful? No, why would they help? <laughs> they, they were just little be balls of chaos, essentially. 
God. Not that much of a yokel. Christ. <laughs> I, I feel like I I think with me it's just I don't like the extremes on a lot of things and to just be like, oh, all aliens are gonna be dicks. I'm like, eh. I don't like you, that. You you don't like the extremes, but you're sitting on an extreme. Uh, I I wouldn't say it's an extreme because I'm just saying that if you get to that point, you, you probably you, have a better way of doing things. You wouldn't, wouldn't even like bend my way in any way, even though I'll sit there and be like, okay, yeah, oh, there's people like the, all this technological advances, all that stuff. Sure, sure, sure. All I was talking about was brain capacity that it could still be the same way. It's a it's a fucking thought process. But like you're sitting so strongly on your <laughs> hill, man. It's a hill that you're going to die on and that's clear. But I mean the, you're so so you're sitting there saying you don't do extremes but you are on an extreme. Are so are is your position that there's like there could be because of how thought processes work? a race of aliens that doesn't know how any of their shit works. It just seems to work. And they hit, I'm saying, they hit a button and they crash land here and they're like, well, we're fucking here now. And I'm they saying, just didn't do any listen, recon or anything. I'm saying that there's an alien race out there that is still learning, still okay. getting all their technology shit together and didn't think because they said, we can breathe on this planet. Let's go check it out. Let's go explore. That doesn't mean that they had they checked everything. That doesn't mean they checked every biome of it. Or maybe they checked a certain biome and said, yeah, this is good. We could go check this out. So you're saying maybe uh, they William Shatnered it and thought that they could just, uh, we can beam down there and have sex with the Earth ladies. Like, I'm I'm not degrading <laughs> your side of it. I'm not degrading my side of it. Like, you're degrading me. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not degrading you. What? I'm just saying that these aliens, just because they have all this goddamn fucking beautiful technology, <laughs> doesn't mean that they're going to sit there and not have an oversight. That's why I kept saying oversight. They it could have just a simple mistake. One of their fucking science engineers, I don't know, sat there and said, yeah, yeah, of course, we're, we're good, we're good, we're good. Anybody could, like, why can't an alien race have similar problems like the human race? Like you're holding these aliens so far over humans' heads because humans are some damn dirty ape, and these aliens, because they can transfer between two planets, are going to be the holier than thou greatest piece of no, like masterpiece. I'm, I'm do this, do if, right, like every single option and choice. I was they got it right. What I was saying is perhaps I didn't articulate it well enough, is that if human beings when we want to go to another planet are scanning it before we get there and taking soil samples with a rover before we get there. Why wouldn't a, uh, a civilization that has the ability to make the journey all the way there with people on the vessel or living beings on the vessel, however you want to word it. Why wouldn't they have done the same thing to make sure that they could survive there before they got there? And another thing, why weren't these aliens, why couldn't these aliens just be the recon team? That's a shitty recon team. <laughs> I'm not denying I'm that saying, they could be the recon team. Not, I'm just saying that not, that's a shitty recon team. Not every army fire team returns back home either. I'm just saying this is a possibility. 
That's all it is. There, That's all I, I was and, saying. I wasn't saying this was fact. You're throwing all these facts out at me. I'm just sitting there <laughs> saying that this is a possibility. I never, I'm, I'll give you that. I'm just saying that that would be a shitty recount to you to show up naked and run around at kids' birthday parties and fucking I agree. <laughs> get well, lost we have in shitty idiot people too. And that's what I'm getting at. Is that huge, like creatures are fucking creatures, man? They all think differently. That there's going to be people that sit there and think, "Nah, we got this in the bag," and they fuck up. People, things fuck up. If dogs fuck up, cats fuck up. I'm saying any living creature with thought processes fuck up. So why can't an alien race fuck up, even if they're just flying over to a planet that they think that they can inhabit or invade or whatever they're going to do here? Why can't they fuck up? And you're sitting there, then you keep bouncing over to, well, because they got all this technology and wow, they're going to come over here and not do anything uh they're not, they're not going to fuck up. No, 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 no. They're, they're going to have everything perfect and on the no, I, dot. I never said that. Factual they, information and they're, they're I didn't not say that they would be up. perfect. I said that they, at a baseline, you think they would do at least what a technologically unadvanced by comparison civilization is already currently doing. You think they would at least. Because they're, they're some of it smarter than us. It's not even a question of being smarter. They are at the very least the same intelligence level you would you would think. And even at our intelligence level, we know to do the scans. Again, oversight or fuck up. Possibility. That's all I'm it's, saying. It's, it's a possibility. possibility. I'll give Just you a possibility. I'll, I'll give you it's a possible. It's a it's a possibility. I'll give you that. I am not a professional, Charles. I will not sit there and claim this as fact. I am just saying possibilities but i will will not i will not lean either way because i just think that it's a possibility i will say however in my in my villains when i'm watching a film i want my villains to be intelligent because i feel like it just adds to it like um star wars the new shitty ones the sequel trilogy the the enemy the first order is just dumb they make it's just they don't get anything right ever through all three movies and they just well, fumbling idiots for three movies. And it doesn't make it in very engaging of like, Oh, we're fighting an intelligent enemy. We have to be careful. It's like, no, we can literally just breeze through this. Cause they're dumb. Like, you know, what's it, funny doesn't, about that? it just doesn't do it for me. I like intelligent enemies. You know, what's funny about that is I like intelligent victims. That too. Absolutely. Because I, I, I watch horror movies and I, I want the, the villain to win, but you know, none of the victims are intelligent. So you're realistically and, look at that. Yeah, no, you're right. Like the, when they're, Oh, I've used car keys every single day of my life for the last 30 fucking years. But when I'm being chased, I don't know how they work anymore. And I'm going to sit outside my car for 25 minutes fumbling with keys while the killer just walks at about, Oh, I don't know. 0.25 miles an hour and mm-hmm. uh stops eats a sandwich takes out his fucking lunch pail drinks a beer walks backwards for half the distance dances around in a cornfield and then comes over and stabs me because i've wasted this much time like that's the victims being idiots too it, it just doesn't do it for me i fucking hate it correct like <laughs> the descent we had a nice mix. There were dumb victims. There were very intelligent victims. 
And the the woman that made it out was like, well, if uh, I don't help you, I survive. So sorry, not sorry. Like it's a dick move, but there was some intelligence there, right? And the that's just I don't know, man. I, I like intelligent enemies and victims. I agree with you on that one. It's just it's I don't know. There's a lot of dumb in movies. Yeah. Like um, 30 Days a Night. I thought that was a pretty good mix because you had, they waited till the the town would be isolated. Smart move. They sent in an agent to destroy cell phones, destroy early alert systems, kill the dog so they can't have another mode of transportation, sabotage vehicles to further ensure the isolation. And then only then did the enemy attack and then the defenders were trying to figure out ways to stop it and ended up making some pretty intelligent moves. Like, Hey, if I inject like the main guy, spoiler alert figures out, well, if every time they're turning, they get stronger. So if I force myself to turn, I might be strong enough to fight against these fucking things. Smart move. He's it's a sacrifice play, but there were also idiots on both sides to a degree as well, where some of the vampires were like, Oh, they're just humans. They can't possibly, Oh shit. I'm dead. Uh, and there were humans that were just like, well, we're fucked. We're just going to kill each other and help the fucking enemy win. So, but I, I thought that was, you know, at least well done where you could, uh, you could see the intelligence on both sides and there wasn't just bumbling idiots against bumbling idiots. Yeah, I'd agree. And that that's another type of vampire that's kind of more like Nosferatu than uh, most films depict uh, vampires currently. Yeah, they've got more of a primal look to them. And it's it's just about uh, like they're not trying to turn people. No, they're just feeding or being romantic. They're like, nope, we're going to eat this whole village, get our strength up. And uh, this is a practice run for taking over the taking shit over. Which again, mm-hmm. I don't think they would be really taking shit over, and it but it was no. primarily about feeding, like you said. So I mean, it I felt like that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I think I think this is a good spot to cap it. You don't want to talk about uh, sandworms? No. <laughs> <laughs> sandworms. All right, they're uh, too below us. Oh, come on. <laughs> sandworms are smart uh well i think that i didn't i didn't say they weren't smart <laughs> their thought processes i was just saying they were below us that well technically uh-huh. unless they can turn into sky worms well, i think that just about does it for us on this episode but we do hope you enjoyed the discussion Please join us next week for another episode. In the mean, but in the meantime, join us on Twitch, Twitter, Discord, TikTok, and Hover. Um, also, uh, we'll we'll probably be back on Tuesdays next week. Yeah, we we just had some stuff come up this week, um, so we're a day late, but not a dollar short. And uh, we'll be going back onto the regularly scheduled programming uh, next week, as as I as Isaiah said. Right. 
Uh, all of our previous episodes will be available on Anchor FM, Amazon Prime Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podvine, and Spotify. We do hope you join our community on Twitch, Discord, and you can get updates on uh, Twitter from uh, my Twitter account at Bar- Carl Banson. Carl Banson here as well. Yeah, I can't talk. Yeah, you could usually <sighs> find. Uh... You'll either find me retweeting what he says with a little emphasization on it, uh, on mine, which is Dark Wikipedia, um, with an extra D at the start. Um, but thank you all for tuning in, and we look forward to having many more discussions in the future. Until then, Skull. we are Crow and Raven. <laughs> yeah, Skull, you are worthy and valid. There Everybody, you go. You please, say you're alive. You please go. take care. <laughs> All right, until next time, everybody. Until next time. Good night.